3: Greetings
4: and salutations! Uh, We are live and uh, this was supposed to be a live stream over the weekend and things got busy with work and I had some technical difficulties and all sorts of that fun jazz. Uh, Yeah, I am just making a few more notes. I'm always making notes on the show because I know me. When I get in the heat of the moment, I'm going to forget something. That's just how it is. And uh let's see here. Uh, so basically what I am doing or what I was intending on doing this past weekend uh was uh basically, I have a new setup I am trying things out with, and on Sunday when I was originally going to do the live stream, uh yeah, I, I basically had some hiccups that I couldn't really get over at that particular moment in time. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I have sorted some of those things out. And hopefully everything is going live, as it should be. Okay, I see the little on-the-air icon on my, on my setup. So hopefully this is indeed going out. And this is basically going to be a FOMO, special feature type thing. Uh, it's just gonna be a shorter show, you know? I just wanted to do something of a relatively sizable length, uh, to test out everything with my new setup and make sure everything works okay, uh, without losing, like, a two-hour podcast or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd prefer to avoid losing something like that. Uh, okay. Um... And I do have some new music that I need to cycle into the rotation as well. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but, and I, I need to redo some of, the, some of the songs that I use in the uh, music rotation as it is. Because I feel like there's like some good potential there, but just because I was just doing something quick and simple and stuff like that, just to have some music on the show when I first started, I just never got around to uh, finishing them up. I just did, like, one short track, one pass through it, and however it ended up being, it ended up being. And, uh... Yeah, that was pretty much it. But, um... Yeah, I had some of the new songs I am going to add into the rotation are actually not half bad. Of course, I'm saying that so that... I need to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But... um Let's see. I'm making one. Have to expand on one thing right here on my notes, just a bit because the one I basically made, like like the uh, teaser for this episode is, um, this is basically ten Nintendo Switch hidden gems, and uh, basically you know I'll, I'll dive into my uh, criteria when we get into the main show but you know to some people these things may be like well i know about that title and yeah there's going to be a lot on here that everybody knows about but quite frankly with the library so big and some games being digital only or only having a smaller physical release that you know was earlier on in the switch's lifespan before we got to 107 million systems sold and 107 million switch gamers out there i guess you'd say maybe a little bit less cuz not all of them are sold <laughs> um, but you know, I figure some of these things might be titles that people have, you know, overlooked or didn't even know were on the system. Uh, that's basically some of the big criteria right there, but I'll, I'll go into that when we get rolling. Let's see here. <laughs> hmm. let's see. Let's see here. I think I've made notes on just about everything. And like I said, this is going to be a little bit on the shorter side, so um, you know. Okay, there we go. And I know this is compelling audio, hearing me type, but I figure better than just Hitting you with another music break. (laughs) All right. Um, I think we are about set. I might retweet the post one more time. No, I didn't mean to load it up. There we go. All right. Okay, just getting everything queued up. Got to turn off auto TJ otherwise we'll play everything again. <laughs> that happened on one live stream a few weeks ago. I had to redo my outro or intro or something. I think it was the outro. Okay. A Fomo Mofo special feature. Let's get the going. Welcome to this FOMO's a Mofo special feature. I am your host, Blue Swim, and on today's stream, we are going to be talking about 10 Nintendo Switch hidden gem games, at least in my opinion. And of course, me being Blue Swim. Uh, Let's see, Uh, we are live on Spreaker.com and on Spreaker's podcast player app, unless you are listening to this after the fact on one of our many podcasting providers. So, basically, this uh, little special feature has two purposes. Number one, I am testing out a brand new setup. Well, partially brand new, I'm still sticking with the same mic, but I wanted to make sure everything else was going okay on the uh, computing front. But, and more importantly, there are Nintendo Switch games that have gotten buried, lost in the shuffle, you name it. Because when you have a system that has sold, now officially, 107 million systems... Uh, yeah, eventually you're gonna come into the game kinda late, and you might miss something that came out either earlier in the lifespan of the system, or just got a digital-only release and you didn't even know to look for it, and, you know, I mean, basically my criteria is, in addition to that, you know, forgotten titles. Under the radar, you know, not necessarily indie games, because I don't play a ton of indie games myself. Um, you know, this is basically a lot of stuff that I just feel like just got buried that people that have come into the uh, game late might have missed. You know, like I said, for the reasons uh, I mentioned a moment ago, the uh, uh, just some things being digital only, some things coming out earlier in the lifespan. But most importantly of all, they got to be fun. And quite frankly, a lot of these games I think are... Either different, unique, uh, maybe not the first one because there's a lot in this series, but you'll uh, you'll see what I'm talking about in just a minute. But, um, you know, basically all these games are ones that I've enjoyed on some level that, you know, like I said, a lot of people might not even know are on the Switch or have even thought to look for them. And, you know, going into this, I thought, do any Nintendo first party Titles kind of qualify as hidden gems. Um, You know, I toyed with the idea of putting something like Pokemon Tournament on here um, because, you know, that was a year one title. That was a port of a Wii U game that was kind of obscure to begin with because it was the crossover between Pokemon and Tekken, uh, to some degree at least. But ultimately, I decided against that because, you know, I go on Amazon, it's got like 2,500 reviews and I mean some of the other games on uh, on this list they have like 18 reviews on Amazon so it's like (laughs) not a lot of people took the time to review it so maybe not a lot of time uh, a lot of people took the time to play it either um another another one of those uh first party titles I thought about putting on here was Fire Emblem Warriors but because that uh franchise is going to be getting a new entry next month at the end of next month Uh, I thought, you know, uh, people are already talking about Fire Emblem Warriors as it is. But that's basically, that's kind of like how my mindset has been for, you know, I guess you'd say gathering this list. Um, You know, I just wanted to point out some titles that I've enjoyed throughout the uh, Switch's lifespan that, you know, if you've come into things, new, you know, uh, late you might not even think to look for or know it exists. So, um, you know, speaking of Warriors uh, and the uh, Musou games, uh, the first one on this list, and it's not like, you know, these things are in, like, numer- you know, the order of importance or the order of quality. It's it's basically ten titles, a uh, top ten for volume one, if you will. Of um, games, in my opinion, that some of you might have missed and this is one that i think people might not know is on the switch potentially i know i know people know about the fourth one being on the switch because of it getting like a physical release and stuff like that being on sale numerous times but it was digital only in the u.s and you know basically this one came out on the ps4 i think it was a ps4 port And this is the deluxe edition of One Piece Pirate Warriors 3. And this was an earlier title. uh, I want to say it came out year two of the Switch's lifespan. I could be wrong about that. But basically... You know because this didn't get a physical release in the u.s a you know and it was an earlier title i thought you know maybe there's a chance that some people miss this and this is a fantastic warriors game i mean just in general it's a great one piece game but it's also a great warriors title in general because they did some like experimentation with the with the formula a bit um or basically maybe the presentation of it if you will um Basically, you have, um, uh, you have character coins that you gather. It's like, you know, with some of the Warriors games, like uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, it's like you beat, uh, you know, like Lissa, and you get, like, one silver item or one gold item. It's like with One Piece Pirate Warriors 3, they basically made it so when you defeat an enemy, you get a character coin. Or several character coins, or you build up your relationship with a character, and you'll get character coins that way. And you use these coins; uh, you you basically allocate them and spend them on like different upgrades, different items. Uh, or, well, maybe not different items. Uh, excuse me. Um, you know, different power ups, different different moves, stuff like that. And you know that that approach to it that presentation to it it really resonated with me and um that's on top of the fact that the game itself uh retells a good portion of the one piece story some of the major plot points some of the earlier stuff i mean let's be honest here one piece has been around for 20 years and it's up to like a thousand episodes of the anime it's like you're not gonna tell everything in one game with one story (laughs) but um but this one I think did a, did a pretty good job of it. And there's also a like a non-canonical free mode, I guess you'd say, which is basically kind of like the uh, history mode of uh, 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 Fire Emblem Warriors, or um, God, I forget the name of it, but basically the, uh, the other mode of, the non-story mode of Hyrule Warriors uh, Definitive Edition. Basically it's like the post-game content, if you will. But, um, you know, one, one other thing that kind of keeps you coming back is that they have these, like, treasure maps, I think they're called. I could be wrong about that. And, you know, each of these things has, like, different, like, nine different objectives you have to complete for each stage of the story mode. So it's like getting, like, a thousand exclamation point KOs, which are done through, I think they're called Kazuna attacks, where you team up with one of the members of your crew, your party and you basically do a bunch of moves together uh you know you'll have to get like a certain amount of those you'll have to get like an s rank on the mission you'll have to beat it like in a certain time you know stuff like that there's like nine different objectives spread out on this one map and when you complete the map i i i can't remember what you unlock with it because i might not have completed any of them in in their entirety um but basically you know uh, it's one of these things where it's like I feel like the uh the for the Warriors formula really lent itself well to this style of game. You know this this franchise, this one you know this One Piece franchise, is over the top action, special moves type thing. And with some of the things that they did in Pirate Warriors three in particular, it just really kind of took it to the next level, in my opinion. And with this release. Uh, this Deluxe Edition, it basically compiles, I believe, all of the DLC, all slash most of the DLC. I think it's all of it. And I believe you can regularly uh, snag it on the eShop for less than 10 bucks. I think it's been down as low as, like, $599. And it is a ridiculously good value that maybe some people out there haven't played before. Now, moving on to number two on my list. And this is one that I was... Like really obsessed with about like two and a half years ago maybe three years ago and it is cities skylines nintendo switch edition now when i grew up i was obsessed with sim city i played it all the time on the computer i played it on the uh, super nintendo on the ps1 that had sim city 2000 on there i've just always been such a huge fan of these city building games and City Skylines is basically the modern equivalent of SimCity. Um, it does some things a little bit differently. You can, you know, you have a lot more freedom to design the city however you wish. Um, basically, like, with SimCity, it was, like, everything was, like, kind of grid-based. But this one, it's there's, like, a lot more freedom to it because it's a modern game. And uh, with the, with the uh, Switch Edition, you know, I felt like... It lent lent itself perfectly to a portable because it was perfect for picking up and, you know, messing around with for 45 minutes or an hour while you're watching TV or whatever. You know, you could build a little bit more on your city, you know, hey, work on, uh, you know, redoing your port or uh, putting in the new industrial district or whatever. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you can really you know, just go over the top with this and just lose a bunch of hours of time with it, you know? <laughs> um, I, I I think I probably put like 25 hours into it, maybe a little bit more. And I just, I loved it. I mean, it, it runs okay on the Switch. I mean, it's not perfect. I think you can get it on other systems if you want. But the uh, convenience of having it on the Switch, having it portably if you want it, having it on the TV if you want it, I mean, it's... It really lends itself well to that flexibility because, you know, I mean, city-building games are... They're fun in their own unique way. It's like one of those, like, styles of games that you just don't see very much of anymore, so when somebody comes around and does it right, like City Skylines does, uh, you need to take note of it. Now, moving on, like I said, this is going to be a shorter show. We're already at number three, and uh... Basically, number three is uh, a title I think I mentioned when I uh, gave my impressions of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot uh, when that hit the Switch and got an update to include an online collector card mode. I talked about Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. And this game is... I mean, it is, like, so obscure and unusual. It's kind of a surprise it ever even came out here to begin with. And basically it is a like a home console version of a Japanese collector card arcade game. And the arcade game itself is really, really neat. I mean i've I've seen people play it, and basically you'd have like a deck of seven cards and this like uh, LCD screen play field. and there's four rows. Uh, in front of you that you can put the cards on and the closest row to you uh, allows you to kind of build up the energy or the stamina of your individual Dragon Ball Z fighters and as you move the cards closer and closer to the main display of the screen uh, basically they'll use more and more of that stamina to do more powerful attacks and you basically have to whittle down your opponents whatever you know there's their uh, health bar is and however many opponents they are or there are it's you know basically you know you move them closer they uh, will chip away even more at that health bar and you know you have to use a little bit of strategy with it because you know if you use too much energy your cards will basically end up in this weakened state where they can't defend themselves so that's when you really need to back them into the uh the reserve area And, um, I mean, you know, to be honest, half the time when I'm playing the game, I don't understand how all the numbers are crunched and, you know, allocated. It's like one of those things where it's like, I don't think I could play this if this was was like a tabletop game, uh, because there's just so many different factors into it. Some cards have special features or special abilities or whatever. And, um, matches are like five rounds, up to five rounds, and usually that's plenty of time. (laughs) <laughs> for it to begin with but um you know with this version of it they added um a pretty you know a pretty lengthy uh story mode where basically you know the characters from these card games are coming to life and you know you'll have like encounters with like cooler and frieza and stuff like that but they're in the wheel, the real world of the game instead of just being collector cards in it And I mean, some of the dialogue in the story mode is kind of cheesy, you know, kind of typical Saturday morning cartoon vibe, but maybe not quite in the same way as the next thing on the list. Um, But more than anything, it's like you have uh, the arcade mode in this game as well. And because this game is a Japanese arcade game that's been out for like 10 years, you have like all these different routes. I want to say it was like close to 20. I could be wrong about that. And, you know, each one has, like, different stages to accomplish and, you know, defeat. And, you know, they get progressively harder and harder, and sometimes you need to switch up your decks as you go, you know, deeper and deeper into the game. And speaking of decks, there are, you know... I want to say is... God, I'm trying to remember how many cards were in this. Um, But basically... I mean, it was a significant amount because, like I said, it's ten years worth of content. And when you hear like, you know, collector cards and gotcha and stuff like that, it's like you immediately start thinking, "Oh God, here's here come the microtransactions." But with this one, uh, basically, you don't have any of the microtransactions. I mean, you can buy, you know, some of the licensed anime soundtrack songs if you want to, you know, switch things up with the game soundtrack. But, you know, all the cards you can earn through play, you know, um, they have a whole ton of different virtual vending machines for all these different series of cards, like promo cards and series one and series two. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a massive variety of cards in here and the artwork on them is just glorious. I mean, and if you buy a physical version, you can actually get like, I want to say it's like, It's either three or seven cards bundled with the game. And, I mean, it's like, these things are just insanely detailed as far as the artwork goes. I mean, it's like, you you want to have these, you know, on-screen cards physically in your hands. That's how good the artwork is on them. And, uh, you know, when you're playing the battles themselves, you know, sometimes the, uh, the events will uh, unfold through QTEs, you know, uh, quick time events. You'll have to move cards in a certain way, trace, like, a, the Dragon Ball Z symbol, um, you know, with one of the cards just by moving the control sticks or whatever. And it's like, there's some gimmicks of the of the uh, real-world arcade game that, you know, transition okay to the digital one, but more than anything else, it's like, it's such an unusual arcade game and, you know, collector card game that it's hard not for it to, you know, kind of get its hooks in you a bit and um, if you are curious about it, it does have a demo I don't believe save data transfers over, so you might want to just play a little bit or just kind of skip the cutscenes or whatever and just get to the battling Um, but you know, definitely try this out if you like Dragon Ball Z, if you like you know, card games or collector card games, or just unusual Japanese arcade games. You know, it really is surprising that this even came out over here.
3: Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say. It's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter.
0: Ooh, hot, 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 hot.
3: And now it's GEICO's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey,
1: guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more finding the right person for the job isn't easy just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges
3: yeah! man these shrubs are not made of plywood don't worry another few chops should do it yeah nope yeah! dang
1: but if you've got an insurance question you can always count on your local geico agent they can bundle your policies which could save you hundreds
2: oh this treehouse looks like particle board Yeah. there we go starting to doubt myself
1: For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.
4: Now, from one collector card game to another, this is number four on my list of hidden gems. And it just seems like one of these titles that a lot of people pass over, uh, you know, just because, you know, maybe the franchise isn't something they're all that familiar with. Maybe they just, you know, don't pay attention to it and they don't know what it is. And it is a card-battling RPG called Shadowverse Champions Battle. And this has gotten down to, like, 20 bucks uh, in recent weeks, I think. And this is, like I said, a card-based RPG. And when I say RPG, I mean we're talking full 3D animated, you know, open worlds to a degree, at least open areas. And you can go around and challenge a whole bunch of, you know, different people in this high school setting. This is a... Um, You know, kind of like a Saturday... Like I was saying earlier about the Saturday morning cartoon stuff, uh, this is basically like a Saturday morning anime as far as, like, the tone of it goes. But the writing's a little bit on the snappier side. um, And the fact that everything is, like, 3D animated, yet it's a card game, you know, as far as the story goes and the, you know, environmental exploration, you know, it's like that kind of, like, moved this up a peg or two. It's It's like when I was playing this, all I could think of is... Why can't they do the Pokemon trading card game like this? You know, because in the old go- the old game, you you uh, you know, in on the Game Boy, I should say, you know, you were going around, you were exploring all these different areas, uh, challenging people to battles, and the main gameplay was the trading card battles. And it's like I saw this, and that was all I could think of, and you know, it turns out that. You know, Shadowverse is actually very good in its own right. It's actually uh, based on a mobile game. This this one's based on a mobile game that uses basically the same style of gameplay to it. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon trading card game, you know, type thing. Um, different rules to it, you know, that make it a little bit on the unique side. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you just kind of check out the demo on this, because there is an excellent, lengthy demo plenty of time for you to figure out whether or not you like this or not uh but you know battles last about you know five to ten minutes i mean it's not very long to play a game and you know if i remember correctly there are like six different elements for each deck that you can do it's like six, six different deck elements and each one has like a certain uh a certain roster of characters that you can use in it Um, I don't know that you can mix things up, like, with Magic the the Gathering, or anything like that, um, but, uh, you know, it is a very interesting, you know, card battler, and one of those titles that I just feel like, you know, you just want to see more people play it, because it does have, like, an online competitive element to it as well, um, And with all the effort that they put into the, you know, the story mode, the RPG elements of it, I guess you'd say, I mean, it's a, you want, you want to see this thing succeed. And I bought it early because I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like, it gets a low print run. uh, It doesn't linger around for very long. And as it turns out, it's actually been, you know, you know, dropping way down there. And, you know, I still haven't seen many people pick it up and I just, I want to change that because it's actually really, really good if you like card battlers, and I just, I love those things, you know, but, um, let's see, moving on to number five on my, uh, countdown, or count up, or top ten, or however you wish to view it, uh, is a game I've been working my way through since late last year, and it is called Blossom Tales the Sleeping King, and this is basically a <laughs> shameless, snes era zelda clone i mean about as shameless as it gets to be to be perfectly honest but um what i found so compelling about it is the fact that the story is basically a story within a story uh you know this grandfather is telling his grandkids about you know this you know this incredible story about um you know, this this king who gets um, a spell cast on him. And it's like a spell of eternal sleep. And this hero named Lily, who's named after one of the grandkids, basically goes on this adventure to gather these three elements to uh, make a concoction that will wake the king and break the spell. And um, uh, basically, you know this this kind of plays out like a mini zelda, if you will, um you know it doesn't have like you know some of the like longer elements of it the like you know you don't have like seven temples to go through and then like another three things you have to do on top of that, then you fight the boss It's like you gather these three things and then you're on your way towards challenging the boss i mean it's like something you can do in about like five or ten hours, and I just haven't gotten around to finishing it yet, but what Uh, allows this thing to really stand out on its own is the fact that you know some things like weapons like some of the secondary weapons like you know the bombs and like bows and arrows and stuff like that don't require gathering you know unique pickups rather they you know they are tied to like a magic meter or something like that so you have to kind of plan accordingly and take a step back and let the meter recharge a bit and you know you'll you'll really have to keep an eye on that because the combat in this is actually rather intense because the enemy count the on-screen enemy count is way up there compared to you know an nes zelda where you'd have maybe half a dozen enemies sometimes give or take and with this i mean i mean i think was like probably close to two dozen in some spots, you know, it depends on the situation and location and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it it can get very <laughs> challenging and very intense uh, pretty quickly. But um, I want to say that's like normally like 15 bucks. It's not very expensive. And I think it drops on sale every now and then by having kept up with it. But uh, that actually had a physical release through Limited Run several years ago, so it is, like, way up there in price. So you might want to just grab this one digitally if you are curious about it. Now, we are at the uh, halfway point already. And the next one up is a game that is from a noteworthy anime franchise, just like with, you know, Super Dragon Ball Heroes and One Piece Pirate Warriors 3. And it's another PS4 port, and it is another deluxe edition on top of that. <laughs> and this is uh, Sword Art Online: Hollow Realization. And uh, basically, this is like an offline version of like an online RPG. And you know, it's one of those things where I guess it would kind of appeal to somebody that was like into like Fantasy Star Online, maybe, or obviously fans of the series. And basically, you know, this story takes place after the uh, the the main story of the anime manga, however you wish to view it, or the, although it might. This it, I've I've seen online that the continuity is kind of like. Different, Like, it's not a sequel to the anime. It's like a sequel to the games that were based on the anime or something like that. I mean, it's kind of weird, but basically, um, you know, this is basically a uh, self-contained story for the most part. I mean, it's a follow-up, but it's like, you know, all you have to know is basically people got dragged into a game and people died, and uh, this is like the, uh, the follow-up, if you will, where things have not gone wrong (laughs) with, uh, with that virtual game, and basically it all starts out with this mysterious NPC character that, you know, has you go, uh, on an escort mission for her, and she just goes out into this random place in the middle of the woods and gives you, like, a coin or some, you know, ridiculously low, you know, amount of, uh, currency for the effort that you make and then just go straight back into town and every it's like this like some weird mystery about it like why would this character be in the game and you know the story kind of takes off you know a little bit later on when you kind of figure out there's a little bit more to her than that but um, you know more than anything it's like this has like a whole bunch of Oh, the updated you know elements to the to the game the uh content is like i said a deluxe edition so i think it has everything we're close to it and uh i think i could be wrong but i think this is still on sale for only seven dollars and 49 cents on the eShop. this is a digital only title in the u.s it did not get a physical release and that's one of the reasons why i think it might have flown under people's radars um but 749 down from 49.99. So yeah, if you are curious about it, now is a good time to grab it. Uh, and you know, I, I put 15 hours into it and I kept meaning to come back to it and I just never got around to it. And uh, you know what I played if it, you know, it's like your typical you know online RPG, MMO RPG, but done with more of a single player element to it. And uh, you can play it online. You can play it with other people, I believe. But, you know, primarily it's a uh, solo offline RPG, but done like it's an MMO. So it's kind of different, kind of unusual, and it kind of scratches an itch that, you know, you'd have on the Switch but don't really have many options for. Now, moving on to number seven, we have Puzzle Quest The Legend Returns. And Puzzle Quest was really popular about... Ooh, close to 15 years ago, something like that. You know, DS, PSP, PS2 era. So, probably about 15 years. I've just kind of lost track on it. And this basically combines a match three, you know, puzzle game with the uh, elements of a battling role playing game. So, basically, if, like, if you want to attack uh, your opponent, your enemy, Uh, You have to match, like, three skulls on the board to attack them, or you can cast spells using mana that you gather up from matching certain colors, like, special attacks will do, will require, like, six blue and four red, and when you gather up those pieces on the board by matching three, then you can cast the spell and attack. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it was really, really big, because this this was a it was like one of those genre hybrids where you like take two different genres that you don't think would have anything to do with each other put them together and magic happens (laughs) and uh it was also paired up with you know an epic length story that takes quite a bit of time to uh to work your way through i finished it on the ds i haven't done it on the switch but there are tons of side quests and other things to accomplish and weapons to gather and stuff like that and i mean you can also play it in multiplayer it's great in multiplayer as well and i mean to have this uh you know back on you know major consoles again with you know the switch release and i don't know if it's on other platforms or not it probably is but i just haven't checked um you know it's it's a really neat game i've i've put like 25 hours into it at least and i still have way way more of the main story to go there's a ton of content there and it's one of those games where it's like if you don't think to look for it if you didn't get curious about it or just randomly see somebody tweeting about it you might not know it's even out on the switch much less very very good because you know that with that uh switch hybrid nature it's great as a portable game. It's great on the TV. You know, how can you lose with it? You know? Now, number eight on the list, and we are starting to get down there towards the end a bit, is a free-to-play game that came out, again, very early in the Switch's lifespan. It was one of the first games I actually played on Switch, if I remember correctly, and that is Pokémon Quest. And like I said, I was talking about Pokémon, or uh, including Pokémon Tournament, I thought that was too major, and I know this is a free-to-play game, it's on mobile, it's on, you know, the Switch and stuff like that, but I I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know to look for it, if you haven't, you know, been around when it was popular, you know, several years ago, you probably don't even know that there is a free-to-play Pokemon game out there, (laughs) and uh, it's actually pretty good, too. Um, It does use microtransactions, I believe. Of course, it's been a long time since I played it, and there might be some updates that have have come out since the last time I checked it out. But primarily, you can play the game, you know, without spending any money on it, and I played a lot of it, actually, (laughs) several years ago. I think I was north of, like, 15 hours with it. And basically, you know, you have, like, this one island with all these blocky-looking Pokémon. It's like, you know, um, like... really, you know, limited geometry versions of these Pokemon, but the art style of it is, like, so memorable that, um, you know, it just fits perfectly with what they're trying to do with it. You know, gives, you know, everything is, like, instantly recognizable, even though it is obviously very different because of the art style. But, basically, you go around in all these stages, and each Pokemon has, like, different abilities tied to it you can unlock them or equip them if if i remember correctly and you'll basically need to make a party of three pokemon that can kind of handle all the different circumstances that you can uh, potentially encounter in a stage and um like some they will if i remember correctly you'll like they'll recommend like using a rock type or a, you know a grass pokemon or whatever and at the end of each stage where you know you're facing wave after wave of all these different Pokemon, uh, you will uh, you'll encounter, like, a leveled-up boss that's, you know, pretty damn tough. And, you know, I think this is done to kind of encourage maybe, like, the microtransactions of the game. But, you know, everything's doable. You just have to work at it really hard and grind away a bit. I guess the microtransactions can save on the grind a bit. But, um, you know, each of these stages is... is you know pretty tough there for a while and of course you can level up your pokemon and you can actually lure more pokemon in by making these i want to say it's like stews or you know some batch of soup or something like that in your main camp and certain pokemon are attracted by certain ingredients and that's one way you get more pokemon into your camp and therefore your party but um you know, it's a neat game, you know, it's a neat game that's, you know, I just feel like flew under the radar for like some people now cuz I don't I just I don't see anybody talking about it. I don't think many people are playing it now. And if you're coming into the uh, Switch lifespan, you know, at this point in the lifespan, you might not even think to look for it. You might just think Pokémon. Oh, well, I'll go for Pokémon Legends Arceus or Arceus or whatever it is. Or uh you know, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl or something like that. But Pokemon Quest, what the hell is that, you know? (laughs) Now, number nine on this list, and this is one that I I think a lot of people really appreciated about 10 years ago, and, you know, when it came out on the Switch, people were, you know, excited about it, and then it just kind of quickly just dropped off the radar because something new came out, and that's just kind of how how it is with this stuff uh this is drag uh double dragon neon and this is a really really neat uh modern take on the classic beat-em-up brawler franchise and they have just gone over the top with the personality on it you know you still have uh billy and jimmy lee and they are taking on the enemy of (laughs) Skullmageddon! <laughs> and it's basically like this '80s Skeletor ripoff, <laughs> and um, you know you're working your way through these stages, and the combat's really good on it. It's tough; it can beat your ass mercilessly, <laughs> but um, but you know it's all reasonably fair. Um, you know you have all these uh, different techniques you can use, and uh, you, I believe you buy like different like v8 er, uh different cassette tapes with different tracks on it to like improve your stats or give you access to special moves and stuff like that and um of course along the way you'll have like plenty of stages and like you end up in space at some point <laughs> and um you know and along the way you also have um you know all sorts of different weapons you can pick up like the uh the uh, staple of the beat-em-up brawler genre, the baseball bat. And what fractures me about this game every time I play it is when you pick up the baseball bat and you swing it and hit somebody, Bill here, Jimmy Lee will go like, TOUCHDOWN! <laughs> Hole in one! <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just getting the sports completely wrong on purpose. And it just cracks me up every single time I play it. And uh, make matters even better... It has an incredible art style to it, like a cel-shaded art style to it. It's got a great vibe and an amazing soundtrack. And there's one, one track in particular that um, uh, always seems to get stuck in my head. And I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. I'm sure I will the minute I stop recording. But definitely give it a look. It, it had a uh, physical run uh, through limited run. And I managed to pick it up through that, but um, you can grab it digitally as well. I want to say it's like 20 bucks, something like that. And, you know, it is worth every penny because it's one of those games where it's like, you know, it was kind of stuck on the PS360, you know, the PS3 and the 360. Um, I think it was on 360 now that I think about it. Anyways, but, um, you know to have it you know again have new life on a uh, modern system is really really neat it's kind of like uh, same same boat as Scott Pilgrim where it was like it was stuck on an older system and everybody wanted it on a new one and i just feel like it's one of those games where if like again if you don't know to look for it if you aren't specifically looking for it or somebody's you know told you about it you might not even think that this thing would be on the switch and it is and it's wonderful from what i've played of it From what I've played, the Switch version, I should say. Now, the last game on my list of hidden gems, and hopefully I've, you know, brought a few games to your attention you may not have thought about or just forgotten about. Um, The last one is a rather unusual rhythm game with an anime aesthetic to it. And it is called Gal Metal World Tour Edition. Maybe the World Tour Edition is the physical release of it. But uh basically, this game came out and it kind of had mixed reviews. I'm, I want to make sure that you know going into it, it's it, it's okay. It has its, its issues, but it is an insane experience when you play it. And basically, you know, you are this... um you're this, you know, typical male protagonist, and I want—I I can't remember the circumstances. I think it involves aliens. But basically he ends up, he or she ends up uh, in the body of this drummer, this girl drummer in the band, and uh, basically you uh, end up fighting aliens by playing this drumming game, this drumming rhythm game and you fight off aliens with the power of metal. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is just ridiculous from one side, you know, down the other. Up up one side and down the other. But, um, you know, some people have trouble with it because the controls are a little bit different. You know, each, you know, drum head or, you know, kick pedal or cymbal or whatever is mapped to a different button. So sometimes, you're, you know, you kind of get your fingers tangled up a bit trying to play it. But, um, you know, there's, like, some creativity and freedom to it as well. There's, you know, as long as you are playing things with a decent rhythm, uh, you can kind of keep going with it. You know, if you have trouble with rhythm games, like, actually, you know, bum, 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 If you have trouble with stuff like that, uh, you might have a little bit of trouble with this as well. But the story, the animations, which are, I believe the story is told through, like, almost like comic book style animations or anime animations. Um, It's really neat. It's totally just batshit crazy. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, not a, a lot of people really, you know, noticed it. It does have a physical release, like I said. And um, I think the physical release has all the DLC with it, or most of the DLC with it. I could be wrong. I think there's, like, some free tracks that are also available for it. And uh, like with, uh, what is it? Uh, Was it? Uh, Hor- I, I'm spacing on the name of it. Um, another one of those things I'll remember later on. Uh, Horizon Chase Turbo. There we go. I got it. Um, like with that, it's like the physical release and the digital release have separate pages for DLC. So you have to make sure you grab the right DLC for it. Otherwise you'll, uh, end up with like two, uh, two game icons on your home screen. So, uh, <laughs> you know, be mindful of that. Um, but you know, and it, it, it adds more songs to the rotation. I think like some classical music and stuff like that. I mean, there's, it, there's a, decent selection of stuff I, I think it's mostly like heavy metal reinterpretations of like classical music and you know public domain music and stuff like that but you know it's worth taking a look at because it's unique it's unusual uh it kind of has like a similar aesthetic like uh, to the color st- uh, to the color scheme excuse me as uh my beloved baby metal and of course gal metal It's not that far off as far as the name goes <laughs> So obviously that thing blipped on my radar, and I had a really good time with it. You know, it has its quirks, it has its problems, but it's another one of those games where it's like, if you don't think to look for it, you know, you could completely pass up on something that is one of those unusual, you know, maybe like once in a console generation type thing where it's just out there. (laughs) It's out there, it's weird, but, you know, in its own way, it works. It works pretty well, actually. And that will do it for 10 games that I personally consider to be hidden gems. And maybe not as obscure as some of you would like, as far as like indie games or smaller titles or stuff like that. But, you know, drop me a, drop me a comment on Twitter at FOMOZAMOFO and tell me what your favorite hidden gem of the nintendo switch is or drop a couple in in the comments i'm always looking for a, a, a good excuse to try out a game i've never heard of before <laughs> but i think that will do it for this special of fomo's a mofo and hopefully you had a good time and learned about something that uh, you might not have uh, known to check out And FOMO's MoFo is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and so many other incredible places. And you can possibly see me tomorrow morning for the uh, Nintendo Indie Direct Live. That will be uh, around, uh, I think it's... it's either ten nine central or 9 8 central something like that but um schedule permitting i will be doing a live stream then as well and giving my thoughts as they happen next weekend is going to be episode 15 of the show has it been that long already let's see double checking uh yeah it's, let's see yeah i think it's going to be episode 15 sometime this weekend well that'll do it this has been blue swim i hope you all have a great weekend or week i guess it is it's not the weekend yet it will be the weekend soon enough yes i know it's only tuesday uh, the weekend's here it's as, as quickly as you can believe it is Take care, everybody. Well, not a bad live stream. went a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but um, hopefully you guys had a good time listening. Uh, And like I said, I will be planning on doing a... uh, another live stream tomorrow, um, yeah, let me tell you, uh, I don't know what is coming up for that Nintendo Indie Direct, but apparently some people are thinking, well, maybe something big was, uh, delayed a bit, and that's why the, uh, Indie Direct got pushed back to, because apparently this is, like, the latest in the year that they've done an Indie Direct, or this particular Indie Direct, or something like that but who knows and um like i said schedule permitting i will be here to live stream that tomorrow and uh i guess that will do it for this fomos and Mofo's special feature the slash uh hardware test and looks like so far everything did okay so that's encouraging now i just got to get everything all set up like i usually do Uh, well, I guess that will do it for the live stream, and I thank you for hanging around with me, and hopefully you learned about something that, uh, you might not have known about. And if you did know about everything, then, uh, drop me a comment in the, uh, or over on Twitter and, uh, tell me what your idea of a perfect hidden gem for the Nintendo Switch is. I'm always listening. Well, have a good week, everybody, and hey, I got it right this time. Honestly, uh, sometimes I can't even do my own intro without like having the words right in front of me sometimes. Uh. <laughs> hey, I never claim to be the best talker in the world, okay? Yeah, what can I say?
3: <laughs> well, take care everybody. Have a good one. Home, they say it's where the heart is.
1: Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges.
3: Yeah, man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah, nope, yeah, dang.
1: But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local Geico agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds.
2: Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah, there we go. I'm starting to doubt myself.